What's up, realtors? Welcome to negotiation season. What's that mean? Well, usually in Q4, especially in my market, maybe not yours, but there are deals to be had and negotiations kind of kick back up. Granted, we did take a you know two to four year hiatus through the COVID years where negotiations were pretty straightforward. The seller pretty much got what they wanted, but now we're in a real negotiation season and it could last a little bit longer due to high interest rates and the market in general. So you want to make sure that you stay tuned and I'm going to give you some serious negotiation tips that I've used to become a top producing agent, not only at my company, but in the state of Colorado. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Real Estate Agent Playbook, helping you win at the game of real estate every day. Here is your host, Jeremy Kane. What's up, guys? Jeremy Kane, Real Estate Agent Playbook. Please like, comment, subscribe, share the podcast. We're going to get into this one. I love negotiation. I love everything about that part of my job. First things first, I want to tell you, spoiler alert, don't be a jerk. That's will be in and out and weaved in and out of every single one of these things. But as an agent, we don't have to be a jerk, especially in these modern times to succeed. So yeah, let's take it back to the beginning days, 10 years ago when I was a new agent and I was like, okay, like I got to learn all this negotiation and, you know, take half and, and give back, you know, go double what you want. Maybe you'll meet in the middle and everything will work out and everyone's happy and that's great. And, you know, that stuff in principle still definitely works and you have strategy to it. However, there's a lot more to it in the actual real estate negotiation piece of the puzzle. And so I want to share a couple secrets that I use, um, tips and tricks, and just, you know, guide you along the way to make sure that you are doing your duty as an agent for your buyer or your seller um, or yourself as an agent, which we'll go into a little bit. And make sure that you're spot on and doing everything you can to get the best deal and the best outcome, no matter what you're negotiating uh, throughout this wonderful career called real estate. So let's start right there. Now more than ever, with the you know NAR lawsuits and the buyers' commission, you know questions flying around, and you know we've all heard it. We're all interested to see kind of how it shakes out. Um, the negotiation may start a little bit sooner and it may be the ability for you to negotiate as a professional to provide value, right? So how are you showing up? How are you showing your value and your worth to that buyer's client or even to the, you know, listing agent and so on as, you know, those, those standard commission in the MLSs are all obviously being wiped out. Um, now we're going to have to dive in there and be like, okay, well, this is, you know, this is where it's at. You know, I, this is our offer price. My buyer would like you to pay, you know, X amount commission. We may get there at some point for now. For the most part in our market, you're seeing, you know, a decent commission rate being offered on most listings, but your negotiations has to start with education explanation up front to your buyers, um, as well as, you know, negotiating with your seller as the listing agent, like, hey, this is how how it's going to be. You know, these are our options, right? And that bottom line is always something that we discuss in those listing appointments. But we just have always kind of skimmed over that that commission piece. Every ever since I've been in the business ten years ago, I've always said, you know, commissions are one hundred percent negotiable. Um, but this is what I see that has best benefited my sellers and, you know, so on. So you can build that script. But the honest truth is you're going to have to have these conversations a little bit more up front. And even especially on the buy side, 
right now. So that negotiation and that kind of understanding of your value proposition, what you're bringing to the table and your ability to communicate that is absolutely huge. And that's so that's the first negotiation point that you can have, as well as, you know, at some point the buyers may, you know, vet you based on how you can negotiate that because they will see that if you have those strong negotiation skills that it may benefit them down the road throughout the transaction. So that's definitely the first piece and, you know, kind of the hot topic. Um, but let's get into it a little further. With the ability to negotiate, we must understand the client's motives. What are the clients looking for? What's most important to them? You know, what's what are they willing to slide on? Um, I will tell you that sometimes when I'm talking to sellers, I, I tell them, I say, okay, this is kind of the market. And I say, I want you guys to discuss your bottom line. And I don't really want to know that. Right. I don't want to know your bottom line because the last thing I want you to think is, you know, if we get an offer and we end up at that bottom line that I was somehow, you know, tipped off the buyer's agent or whatever. So that's one strategy that I use so that I truly don't know what their bottom line is, you know, unless we're we're up against, you know, a, a overpriced listing or something like that. And, you know, every situation is different, but we're going to sit down we're going to say, OK, <clears throat> you know, this is. This is my strategy to get you the most for your property. Um, but what's important to you, right? Is it important for you to have a quick close or is it important for you to have a post-closing occupancy or is it important for you to, you know, not have to take that hot tub, right? Or things like that that are, you know, kind of up in the air, kind of negotiable items within it. You know, do you absolutely love that refrigerator? You want to leave it here? Well, I need to know that so I can negotiate on your behalf to hopefully keep that dream refrigerator in your uh, in your family. Just kidding. So that's the first thing. And that's one thing that I think we don't always remember as agents is our clients motives. Like we need to understand them as a person. This is no longer, you know, a one in one out. This is not a Zillow lead situation where, you know, it's very transactional and, you know, internet leads and things like that. Sure. They still exist. Um, but I think that that's the first and foremost point is what's your client want? What's your client able to do? Um, from the sell side, again, I don't tell them to tell me a bottom line because I don't want to be anywhere close to their bottom line, to be honest. As a real estate agent, my job is to get them the most for their money. As a buyer's agent, you probably need to know what their bottom line is, you know, through a lender and that kind of stuff. But you also, you know, don't want to show your hand up front. So honestly, as you know, in sports, as you know, real estate agent playbook, the game plan, you have to be willing to adjust your strategies based on what your client and the person that's actually paying your paycheck um, is, is up for. And that'll take you to the next level, right? If you hit all of these points and, you know, for, for one, you know, on the listing side, you've heard my story where I had a, lady who had listed her home three times with three different agents over three different years or whatever it was. And she mentioned in the listing appointment that you could walk to the schools, to the grocery store without crossing a major street. When I did the video, you know, featuring the property, I took some drone footage and I showed that and I said it verbally in my review after the transaction was over. She said, Jeremy was the only real estate agent that highlighted this thing. And the way I knew it is because I just listened to her, right? I was at the listing appointment and that's what it did. So that's taking something that's a little bit, you know, maybe some agents would think it's obvious. Maybe some agents wouldn't think it's a great, you know, perk to the property, but it was important to the seller. So I took that and I put it into play, into action in my marketing. 
um, as well as, you know, throughout my conversations with other agents. And so that's huge. And the next, the next important piece of negotiation is reading the other agent, right? Having a conversation with the other agent. This starts by not being an asshole, right? I'm, I'm going to say it straight out. Uh, we no longer are in an environment where it has to be cutthroat, right? The knowledge is vast, right? We're no longer waiting on Fridays for a magazine to come out with listings. Like the, the information is out there. So now our jobs have to be to provide value to our clients. But I think the best way to do that is get along with the agent on the other side. Because let's face it, if we're not getting along with the agent and we let our egos kind of get involved and we don't, things don't work out maybe because we're like, oh, this person's this, you know, whatever. And you have that attitude. Well, no one's getting paid. So no one wins. So there's absolutely no reason to be a jerk to the agent on the other side, whether they're brand new and don't, you know, know anything or they're seasoned vets that are doing things old school. And it's not the way you would do it. It doesn't matter. That's not your client. Your job is to serve your client and your client is best served with a culpable relationship with the other agent on the other side. And so as problem solvers, it's really interesting to hear the good agents, you know, kind of trash other agents and say, oh, I'm so happy that all the bad agents are getting out of the business. That's not that's not my style. Right. As you can tell, this content for real estate agents that I put out both on my Instagram and here, definitely go over to the RE agent playbook on Instagram. Give me a follow. Subscribe here if you like what you're hearing. But you must get along with other agents. You must you know, have the common goal of getting the home, the buyer into the home that they want to buy and sell the home that the seller wants to sell. Because ultimately the buyer's money is paying you and the seller's net is affected by, by what it is at this stage of the game. So that's super important to really understand, but read the other agent, ask them questions, right? It's, it's really interesting to me, especially in the competitive market when I just get blind, you know, offers. Obviously, you have the investor offers. That's not what I'm talking about as much here because that's a volume play. But, you know, when I get a, I have a listing and I have a an offer from an agent who I haven't talked to, right? What are we doing? Like, pick up the phone and have a conversation, right? Not, you know, there's rules on what you can divulge and that kind of stuff, but there's no rules against asking questions, right? And so I can usually almost pinpoint exactly what it's going to take to win a, an offer before I write it, before I waste, you know, 15 minutes writing an offer that I know is not going to get accepted. I will do that a couple of times. But if I have that information, I have that knowledge and I take it back to my client and say, hey, this is what I think. I think it's going to take 526 uh, to, you know, get this one. What do you think? Is it worth it? Here's what the comps say. You know, and you have that conversation and it depends on how far over it is or how far under it is or whatever, but then the budget and the client's feeling. So you take it back to them. It's kind of like a second showing like, okay, it's listed at 500, but I think it's going to take 526K. Does it still, you know, check all the boxes and is it still as amazing as you thought it was when we walked through at 526? And they say, yes, then let's roll. Almost to the T, I can follow up with the agent afterwards if I got it or I didn't get it. Obviously, I got it. I know exactly what's at. But if I call up the agent and say, hey, man, what's the what's the contract price? I just want to, you know, give some feedback to my my buyer on, you know, where we were at. Almost every time I'm within $5,000 because I have that conversation with the agent. Ask them what it's going to take. Ask them what's important, right? Because... I need to know, hey, these guys need a post-closing occupancy of 60 days and my client's lease is up in 30 days. 
you know, from right now. So there's a 60 day gap there. Is this even a possibility to put together without having someone homeless? Right. And that, that could be a big thing. Oh, my mom lives down the street. I was moving to her basement or yeah, I'm, I'm new here. I don't know anyone. I'm not moving anyone into my house. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's where that kind of goes awry. And so you, you save yourself a lot of time by having these conversations with other agents and negotiating little things like that ahead of time and seeing if there is a common ground. Within that, you'll build rapport with that other agent, the conversations, and they'll be like, oh, I, you know, this person's kind of on top of it. I like how ahead of the game they are. They're making sure, checking all their boxes, so that if you do submit an offer and you do have all the terms that work out that they told you, probably, then you're ready to go. So that's a huge part of the negotiation as well in this modern era with, you know, the advancement of cell phones and technology and texting and and all the things. And sometimes people are super close, close to the vest about it, but you can even tell then, right? I can even say, how many offers do you have, right? We have two in hand, we have zero, we have this. And I can base it because I'm in the market and I know it. I can give my client a decent strategy. And there's sometimes you just get rolled, right? By a cash offer that seller wants a 10-day close. And, you know, I have lenders that can do that, but maybe you don't. And um, that's where, you know, it goes from there. So make sure that that relationship with the agent is good. Make sure you're taking care of it. Oh my goodness. Like when you go to showings, make sure the doors are locked. Make sure that all the directions are followed. Make sure we're not talking about negotiation secrets or plans um, on camera because there's cameras everywhere. All of those things go into the art of negotiation and something that's absolutely key to success. Next is the art of active listening, right? Whether it's your client, whether you know it's the agent conversation, whether it's someone in the neighborhood. If you are listening more than you're talking and less more than you're selling, I tell people all the time, I've never sold a house right? I don't walk into a house and be like, oh, you know, look at this and check this out and whatever. Just not me, right? I want to make sure and I I am scaling up the the buyer. What's their saying? What's their thought process? What's their, you know, emotions? What's their, you know, what's their feedback nonverbal, right? That's what I want to do. I'm saying, okay, well, this furnace is older. How's your reaction, right? Like this may come up at the inspection and probably not going to do it in a competitive market or, you know, whatever it looks like there. So that's where you really have to kind of step back and just listen, listen to the neighborhood, listen to the, you know, the buyer while they're in the home, listen to the buyer after they're, you know, out of the home and then let the agent talk and let the agent tell you what's up. If you're at an open house, get as much information on traffic and just listen. And every time you listen, you're just gathering data, right? Predictive analytics. You will get hints about what it's going to take to get that property under contract, what the sellers may be, you know, interested in and looking for. You can tell just, I mean, not necessarily listening, but just by looking at the house, like, what do they like? What are their interests? You know, that kind of stuff. And you can definitely take a lot in and use all of this stuff when it goes into creating an offer, right? Oh, it's May and it looks like they have, uh, you know, or it's April and it looks like they have a high school senior. Maybe they're going to want to close after, you know, graduation. Maybe we can throw that in and be really flexible with time. Just an example, but the clues are there, right? Success leaves little clues and so does success in real estate. So make sure that you're taking that in. You're actively listening. Just like I said with the, you know, listening, talking about walking to the schools and the grocery store, just listen 
take notes, gather that data, and then implement and use it at some point. And it's not always in the negotiation. It's not always to get that that sale, right? I use this a ton on scouting trips, right? Or any time I'm with a client, I'm gathering data on what they're saying. If they're like, oh, absolutely not. That house backs to a busy street. Well, I'm never taking them to a house again that backs to a busy street because when something comes up and Scott looks all pretty inside, the backs to a busy street, I say, hey, you know, this backs to street XYZ. Um, did that change or is that still a part of it? And they're like, oh, we didn't even notice, right? Well, that just saved me an hour and a half of time to drive 30 minutes over there, you know, show the house, make sure it's all locked up and come back. Right. So you have to listen all the way through. It's not just listen for clues so you can get the contract accepted. It's listen and be active um, in observance of all things, body language and everything with your clients um, and with the people that enter into the you know experience. And then back to the basics, right? The art of negotiation. It's both a science and an art. And you have to kind of take the old school stuff and kind of implement it into the new school stuff. The modern agent is listening to their client, is building that relationship, is able to portray that, you know, whether that's social media or where they're doing it, they're taking that information. And I take my experiences, I put it on content. Look, here I am. While you're here, like the video, um, subscribe, give me a call, whatever you need. I'm always here to help. Um, but that's where you can really focus and understand that negotiation is kind of on a continuum and it's changing every day and everything's going to be different because every situation is different. We're dealing with humans here and that's extremely important. So I hope this helped you kind of understand my process of negotiation. It's really about gathering data. It's really about, you know, your brokerage relationship with your client. Um, and I promise you that if you are dialed in and you're present in all of these areas, you can absolutely be the best negotiator possible for your client. And like I said, that doesn't necessarily mean getting them, you know, the getting $5,000 towards them versus the seller or anything like that. Certainly contract negotiations are part of it, but the art of a negotiation and using all the things and the data that you've learned along the way from an inspection and from your showing and, you know, from the neighbor, all the things that you can use in order to better suit your client, better prepare your client, especially if you're on the buy side, for what it's going to be like when they move into that home. And that's ultimately the negotiation that matters is that with, you know, whoever comes into play and all the information, the best negotiators have all of this information. And if it goes down this road, they can just grab this piece of data, slide it in there and say, this is where we're at. And finally, again, don't be a jerk. We're all in this together. We have to do this to get paid. Um, if you're in agreement with that, give me an amen or a yes or something in the comments. Uh, I would love to see that. And I hope you have a good one. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe, share the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.